the fighting spirit uh, came mm-hmm. from there from those experiences you know it made me a very resilient person you know i could for me i don't i don't see failure where other people see failure i'll be like okay what next can i do you know i'm just made that way because of all these hardships What's happening humans? Welcome to the Blabberry with me Sai Sandesh Markham. I hope you're all having a very good day. Today's guest on the interview is Grishma Dhanrajan. Grishma is a fashion designer. She's an expert at customized apparel and just like every other entrepreneur, she has had an amazing and an inspiring journey filled with hardships and success. I've known Grishma personally for a little over 5 years. She was actually the designer and manufacturer of my Edam Ladies apparels. Even though I shut down Edam, we still kept in touch and I was so glad when she accepted to be the guest on this episode because I wanted to share her inspiring story with you all. On this episode we will be discussing about her childhood, about her business, about how the government said it would do something but it never did, about the hardships that she faced both personally and professionally and a lot more things. This is a very interesting and an inspiring episode to anyone who who is just starting their business, who is in the fashion industry, who is a fashion designer, who wants to be a fashion designer. This episode will inspire you all and support you and actually guide you. This episode is recorded on the Anchor FM app. That is the app that I'm using to distribute all of my episodes. So there is a little bit of a disturbance here and there. So please do not focus on that a lot. Please do pay more attention to the conversation because that is what's more important and the conversation gets better as you keep listening because that's when Krishna really opens up. So please be hooked in. Before I get into the episode Like always if you like the episode if you think this episode was good if you think this episode had an impact on you please take a screenshot of this episode on whatever platform that you're listening to and put it up on your Instagram stories and tag me that will actually help me understand how many of you are listening to it and how many of you liked this episode so this is Grishma Dhanrajan here we go hello yeah can you hear me i can hear you perfectly Yes, awesome. So this immediately became a Skype call. <laughs> so hi, welcome to the Blabberry. Thank you so much for accepting my uh, invitation and being a guest on the show. Uh, it feels amazing uh, because um, the first thing is that I've known you for so long. Uh, I mean, I guess for like four or five years now, and uh, I think six or seven years now. <laughs> six wow. years, like yeah. yeah, I guess yeah, I guess, and it's been yeah. a quite a wonderful journey you know even though we stopped working with each other we still kept yeah. in touch uh, i've just given a small brief about you but i want the listeners to know who exactly grishma is so what are you doing okay. right now that's a that's a broad question for me actually <laughs> i do a lot of things a lot of people concentrate and do one thing yeah i have my i dip my fingers in many bowls <laughs> i'm really my bread and butter so to speak my earnings come from uh my main job which is i'm a fashion designer mhm a small customized uh customized fashion designing boutique as you okay. would call it mhm uh, i make on order so which means i don't do any retail mm-hmm. i don't make to sell 
I only make on order. Oh. I have samples with me which a customer can look at in order to understand what quality I offer and stuff. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, pretty much every outfit that I make is made to the client's specifications. So this is the main thing that I do. Okay. And I have like a I have a whole re- whole set of very very strong value system. The reason being, uh, mm-hmm. why I stick to this and I refuse to go into retail. Um, uh huh. So, which I will discuss later with you, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I am also a certified RPM instructor. Okay. RPM is a it's a group cycling with music workout. Wow. Okay. Uh, I've been teaching that for over ten years now. Okay. So the, the, I started at Fitness First in Bangalore, then I moved to Zella mm-hmm. Tribe, which became Cult. Then I joined Volt. Then I joined Apple. Apple became Adapt. So uh-huh. I worked with pretty much all the big big names in the city. Wow, wow, that's that's yeah. amazing. So you know, b- before yeah. we get into all these things, I, I want to start at the roots, right? Like, so how was your childhood? Okay. My childhood. So I grew up uh, mostly abroad. I was, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, up to the age of one, I was in Goa with my parents. Mm-hmm. My dad was in the central uh, government. He was part of the PWD. Okay. He was a civil engineer. Okay. And uh, civil engineers, the year was 81, 82. Mm-hmm. He got called uh, to the Middle mm-hmm. East. The opportunities were good. They were, um, money was good. Mm-hmm. And airlines were finding it very easy to cross over to the other side. <laughs> so my dad and he went. Mm-hmm. We moved to Bahrain when I was one year mm-hmm. old. Um, the story goes on that I cut my first birthday cake in, on Cathay Pacific. Wow. On, you know. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, so but I turned one and I had reached Bahrain. I was in Bahrain for, say, six, seven mm-hmm. years. Um, then in India for a short bit of time because my mom had given birth to my brother. Mm-hmm. And then by the time he was two, we moved to Dubai. Mm-hmm. And from Dubai to Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi is where I spent most of my childhood. Oh. Up to up to my higher secondary. So, so when did you move to so Bangalore? I, before Bangalore, in fact, I even went to the okay. U.S., and uh, then I moved back to Kerala for a couple of months and then I moved to Bangalore. I came to Bangalore specifically looking for a job. Ah, okay. I to work. So 2005, I found myself uh-huh. here. Until I was into, I mean, while I was interviewing with companies, I was also doing, uh, studying as much as I could. I was getting certified in whatever was most lucrative mm-hmm. then. Um, 2005, IT had a, I mean, it was the IT boom. Mm-hmm. I, I was... I was from the arts background and I thought um, if I get a job in IT, our future is secure. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to bring my brother down to Bangalore mm-hmm. and I wanted to put him through college. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had no other means. I had I needed the job. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took up uh, technical documentation. Right. It is uh, basically writing for the IT industry. Correct. Uh, for the simple example would be when you buy a cell phone, mm-hmm. you get a manual with it. Mm-hmm. People like me writing it. So, hmm. wow! I did that for about uh, close to nine years, actually. Wow. I, I quit my job. I had already started uh, my fashion business because that was what I was truly interested in. Mm-hmm. Wow! I brought business to some shape, and then I quit my job. <laughs> that's amazing. That's that's quite a journey, you know. I mean, um, it is. we met in 2014. Uh, that's when I started the brand Edem and. Uh, I had put up a post on um, a Facebook group and then you popped up and then we started talking. 
we met and we, we had a wonderful journey with Edom, even though we had to shut down the business. We, we both had a really good connection yeah. and, you know, we, we've, we've had yeah. our own adventures going and searching for cloth materials and oh yes the fabric <laughs> shopping of course so, so <laughs> when did you become an entrepreneur i mean like why did you become an entrepreneur first ha huh. i am um, i think it's all rooted very deeply rooted in my upbringing in the middle east mm-hmm. um in the middle east you don't have as much freedom as much i think it's a more artificial life compared to india okay. so it was mostly centered around how dressed you were, how groomed you were, mm-hmm. and how you were in public. Oh. So every mindset was to have the latest clothes, to be most fashionable, how to one-up another person. In- and uh, I grew up, like my basic grooming happened mm-hmm. in the middle of all of this. Even if you uh, wanted to go to, this, uh, the, to mm-hmm. the grocery store for five minutes, uh, my mom would spend an hour in front of the mirror. And uh, clothes were set out, and along with the clothes, the jewelry was kept aside, the hair accessories, okay. nail polish, uh, sand. So my mom was an Avon mm-hmm. agent in the 90s, mm-hmm. in the Middle East. So all her Avon products were always on display. She networked a lot in order for the, in order to meet the prospective women who would buy the Avon products from her. So I think I grew up in between of, you know, um, in, in, the, in the midst mm-hmm. of all of this. And I um, very unknowingly, unconsciously absorbed, um, you know, I absorbed the fact that women mm-hmm. were socially competitive and clothing is something like even if you have the worst recession, mm-hmm. people still mm-hmm. buy clothes, right? So I thought, okay, this is good. And I think my mom had an entrepreneurial streak in her, which oh, I think I must have inherited. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I mean, in the 90s where she could mm-hmm. not really afford to get a job, um, plus the social standards also dictated that a man was more successful if his, mm-hmm. wife, if his wife was at home. So she made do with whatever little opportunity she had. And that, I think, inspired wow, me. In a so lot that's amazing to know that. If you ask anyone mm-hmm. who's grown up in the Middle East, pretty much all our lives, we were in malls because ah, there's nothing much else okay. there, right? You, When you literally, like after school, oh. where do you go? The mall. Uh, on <sighs> weekends, where do you go? The mall. It was always around the mall. And uh, also my mm-hmm. dad being a civil engineer, um, <laughs> he built a lot of malls. So quite often if my mom was busy and she wanted to spend time with her friends, we mm-hmm. used to accompany my dad to his workplace, mm-hmm. which was so we used to get uh, free uh, coupons mm-hmm. for the arcade, and my dad had to work, so he would just put us in the arcades and he would go. I wouldn't enjoy the arcade so much, so I would start walking around. Some some of the boutiques mm-hmm. would have just opened, so I would walk around, take a walk. Sometimes I would just stand and stare at mannequins wow. and you know, quietly observe. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, it it's been a very early influence. I know that. Uh, um, Quite often what we do in life are an amalgamation of our various experiences at mm-hmm. every stage of our life. It's just we don't yeah, recall Wow, it. that's yeah. deep. That's really good. That <laughs> is really good. Say, okay, so, so you came here. You, you said you worked for nine years before you became an entrepreneur, before you stepped into this. So I worked for okay. nine years in IT, but um, maybe the last two years I had already started the business and I was ah. bringing it to shape. So two years ah, I kept the job. That's great. So... Uh, as 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 the journey that yeah. we all take, right? Like I've been an entrepreneur. You you are mm-hmm. still an entrepreneur. You're doing so many things. Uh, I want to know what was your first okay. ever, because I'm sure people listening do want to know this. Your first failure that really really pumped you out. My first failure would have to be the fact that I recruited 
um, somebody, you know, I trusted somebody and I recruited the wrong person to do the job wow. that I had wanted to do. So any fashion designer, if you want to start working, you first mm -hmm. need your staff. Um, your staff generally includes the most important person, mm -hmm. which is the pattern maker. A pattern maker is qualified to understand the body type, understand requirement and cut mm -hmm. the fabric accordingly using mm -hmm. the measurements provided. Now, there's a lot of science to it because we work on the mm -hmm. rule of the thirds. We work on, uh, you know, women have uh, preferences. You know, they want to hide certain uh, things on their body. They want to show off yeah. certain things on their body. They So we work around all things. There's a lot of vanity involved. There's a lot of uh, flattery involved. There's a lot of uh, concealing involved. So the pattern maker is the most important mm -hmm. person in your staff. Um, my first time I did recruit mm -hmm. the wrong person. Um, the person uh, had the talk but did not do the walk. <laughs> so basically I had put somebody on a monthly salary of I think wow. about 50 grand. Out of the 30 days uh, that he, so he was supposed to work, he barely turned up for like oh. eight or nine days. And even those days and, and especially considering I still kept mm -hmm. my job initially, were days where I would get a, I would take, a, you know, I would speak mm -hmm. to him patiently, explain to him how important the work was for me. And then I would tell him mm -hmm. tomorrow, I'm going to take an off and I'm going to sit at home and I, I want you to mm -hmm. come in the morning at so-and-so time. And we're going to do all the cutting and mm -hmm. then we're going to get the work started. And he would promise me. And then the next day I would take an off <laughs> and I would just sit and sit and I, call, oh. and I call. And then the whole day has, you know, so... What happened is that I just did not know another right. person in the fashion industry. It kept me from going out there mm -hmm. and actually exploring. So I held on to this guy, uh, I think, for at least mm -hmm. three months. And in three months, I only did a handful oh. of work. And mostly these experimenting. Luckily, I hadn't really seriously mm -hmm. started taking orders because I had a feeling that he mm -hmm. would uh, disappoint. And uh, in those three months... Um, uh, I remember we wanted to, uh, my uh, then partner and I, we wanted to start mm -hmm. a brand called Color Weave. And, uh, we got the design sorted. We even found an investor. We went out, we purchased the fabrics. We started designing. We came out with the mm -hmm. sizing, the collection, everything. When the production was underway, we just had a handful of days for Sol Sante. And I remember this oh, guy refused wow. to turn up for work. We only had about 22 pieces ready. And we couldn't go mm -hmm. to an exhibition mm -hmm. with just 22 pieces. And that was the day I think I lost it. I just called my mentor and I just uh -huh. cried and I told her, this guy is taking me uh -huh. for a ride and I'm, 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 you know, raging right now and I don't uh -huh. know what to do. She said, calm down, hold on. Um, I'm going to send you uh -huh. a couple of numbers, call them and speak to them. These are senior masters uh -huh. in the city. Uh, whoever works recruit them and kick this person out. She was very calm. Her name okay. is Indira Jati. Okay. Indu Jati. She uh, had been a designer for the longest time in Bangalore and she had just moved okay. to Australia. She said, don't worry. And within five minutes, mm -hmm. I got three numbers. I looked at all the three numbers and I just, you know, felt by uh, intuition mm -hmm. that I had to call mm -hmm. uh, one person. And I called him and he came mm -hmm. the next day for interview. I called my partner. Both of us interviewed him. We asked him, uh, questions pertaining to orders and how he would do it, what the leave policy mm -hmm. was, you know, basic stuff. And we recruited him immediately. We sent out a message to the other guy saying, you know, oh. please collect your things mm -hmm. and leave. But in, it took me a lot of sleepless nights, mm -hmm. frustrations, utter helplessness. Mm -hmm. It pushed me to even 
consider shutting down what I was wow. about to start. But I came really close to it. But then, you know, it's it's just that I was scarce. I was actually scared to look at other options. And that, you know, I, I believe that if you really yeah. put your intent out there, somehow help. Yeah, it. I mean, but then you moved on. I mean, uh, once you came so close, and but you kind of survived. Um, I wouldn't call that a failure exactly, because I did exactly. not fail, right? <laughs> that's 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 yeah. really good. Yes. That's really good. Let's talk about your success mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. you know a business high. When was it? Like this was a down, and so when was your business high? Yeah, my business high. Okay, I think uh, 2015. I think I had okay. my best business high. 2015. Um, I think there was this one quarter where I was making a profit of over 25000 every week for me that was a point where i realized okay you know if i really put in the effort yeah. this is lucrative business but by that time i had not figured out that mm-hmm. okay there are these seasons and there are peak season there are off season i still hadn't figured out the calendar of how boutiques you know okay. how the cycle of the business is but uh, i was slowly learning and uh, for me that kind of money very mm-hmm. early in my career you know because i had just started my boutique mm-hmm. end of 2012 and in about three years, I was seeing, you know, less than three years, actually, I was seeing mm-hmm. good money coming in, mm-hmm. more than expected. And um, um, that to me was, I mean, I mm-hmm. think it was a real fail good. I remember that was the first year in my mm-hmm. on my birthday where after starting the business, I actually said, you know what, I'm going to take a one week wow. break and I actually traveled. Because when I started the business, vacations were <laughs> <Yes>. over. <laughs> I couldn't afford, you know, like even my... I used to I used to be an alcoholic, you know, uh-huh. I used to drink a lot of alcohol and I used to be a single malt person when I started the business <laughs> I became a old monk from person yeah. you know everything starts to uh, you know you start to cut down Absolutely. on all your expenses Absolutely. because the business is important Absolutely. yeah so for me to be able to not have to worry about that that for me was like mm-hmm. a huge marker that is, you know that is yeah, that is really marker. nice to know you know what do you think in this yeah. indian ecosystem right yeah. uh, Right when you started, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. even till today, what do you think okay. a woman could face as difficulties if they are entrepreneurs, or, or if they are starting, or if they've already started? If you, mm-hmm. what difficulties did you face in the Indian ecosystem in these nine years? Um. So um, there are many, many facets to it. One is that uh, um. There is the, you know, the being female part of it does come in the way sometimes because you do not Mm -hmm. get taken seriously by uh, certain uh, people who Mm -hmm. are a little misogynistic. You do get a little Mm -hmm. bit uh, harassed. You do get uh, like, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. people don't value you. Uh, There is that little bit of... uh, um, You know, there is... We do get (laughs) insulted more. Uh, You know, there -hmm. there is that. And... uh, also, uh, the fact that you know we are in a business where we are helping uh, mm-hmm. helping the vanities, right? It's it's technically we are we are catering Absolutely. to the vanities of women Absolutely. or men, both. So there there is a competitiveness mm-hmm. which sets in there. So they do try to ensure that you are only available to them, and you know they don't ah. refer you to their friends. So there is you know they don't want you to succeed; they just want you to make good clothes for them. So there are is, all kinds of is, problems. That is so. Um, um, yeah, I mean, apart from that, yeah, I never got like there was they advertised that you know you have a lot of women centric loans mm-hmm. if you're starting businesses. Um, I have gone to several banks and I have told them I'm starting a fashion design boutique. She asked me if I was a tailor. I said no, I'm a designer. I recruit tailors. Then 
she said madam we don't supply we don't give loans for this kind of business uh, but if you want to make pickles i'll give you a loan and i was like you want me to tell you that i'm making pickles will that help me get a loan it was wow. really ridiculous you know so the government says that they do a lot of things for women entrepreneurs but in actuality nothing really trickles down to us that for me was a huge setback wow. like i did not expect that i had a lot more hope mm-hmm. i had a lot more expectation it did not come about there was no um, you know there was no support there was no motivation there was there were only wow. hurdles and so hurdles do you hurdles. think this so happened that, 9 years back yeah. and it's still happening now I mm-hmm. haven't checked anymore but I'm I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if it's still happening because unfortunately the grooming given to uh, this you know central and state government and, and you know extended mm-hmm. the employee segment is very poor the gro- grooming is barely there grooming is not wow. given any importance you know that 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 I think uh, yeah. is the problem in any business sector but like you mentioned there are a lot of schemes or they advertise them you know whether whether they are really yes. available yes. whether there is a particular process to approach them because uh let's on the whole when you talk about the startup ecosystem they've been trying to portray that make in mm-hmm. india made in india and everything so and they say that there are yes. so many schemes available and all these things but yeah the government says that they have uh, separate you know yeah. they made it easier uh, they want to create jobs so they're going to support entrepreneur uh, you know mm-hmm. entrepreneurial growth they're going to support mm-hmm. new startups all of that is advertised but in the end when you you know i think at some point uh, everybody's understood that these are laws just yeah. made to supply you know it's just these are laws that are there yeah. to just reward the businessmen who invested in them during elections uh, let me just wow. put it to <laughs> i guess i guess that's a nail over there no, that's okay I know. That this has to be an open heart yeah. i mean whoever is listening to the interview they <laughs> have to know that you know this yeah. is what is going on because you are a seasoned entrepreneur yeah. i can say that 9 years 10 years uh, is a good enough experience timeline or life okay. uh, span to have because true, you've true. understood the uh, business right like from the inception when there was nothing when the internet over the instagram or everything else was just picking up now it's such a boom so you know yes. i believe that anybody who started yes. then and who kind of adapted their way into uh-huh. the ecosystem of how the uh, media oh, works yeah. it's it's yeah. very important i mean i think we have a lot more to tell because people who are just starting a business now like i'll give you an example right like you you uh-huh. been to sunday soul sunday so okay. many times and i've been to sunday soul sunday so many times yes you know this every time somebody yes. comes and picks up something yes. we do not have paytm we did not have phone pay we did not have google pay we did not have instant bank no, transfer uh, all we had was cash I, and 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 we ha- and they had to yes. pay something we had yes. to give the change back and i've lost so much business during sunday soul sunday because i did not have enough change and i told them that yeah right but now uh, it is so much more easier yes uh it is so much more simpler yes. to go to a sunday soul sunday and make a sale when sure. it comes from you when you are doing all these things I and mean, when it comes from you that you know that you expect a little bit of help from from people who are saying mm-hmm. that they will help you at least you're not going and asking somebody like out of the blue yes, yes, so you yes. think these difficulties you think yeah. these difficulties if these difficulties were not there uh-huh. like if these hurdles were taken away by the government and uh-huh. they've been not 100% at least 70% accurate with what they give you think the your growth your personal growth would have been mm-hmm. higher more more than this i feel i would have achieved a oh. better milestone quicker 
if uh, the support the support was there earlier for sure because my first and second soul sante <laughs> without mm-hmm. google pay without paytm wow. we still made 44 wow. grand or something you know so imagine i can't mm-hmm. even imagine how much it would have been absolutely you know, absolutely so uh, what yeah. what do you think right now current currently if anyone who is looking to get into um mm-hmm. if they are getting into the same line as you Absolutely. are custom made apparels what would be okay. your advice your first mm-hmm. advice my first advice so um there are two kinds of designers one is mm-hmm. your pret line or retail as you put it <clears throat> if that's the kind of designer you want to be then you mm-hmm. have to identify your own mm-hmm. signature and that signature style has to shine through okay. any outfit you make okay. when you for example mm-hmm. uh, masaba gupta gupta's uh, you know her uh, um, she was famous for those uh, table fan prints and you know old telephone mm-hmm. retro telephone image print sarees and uh, a lot of black and white uh, sarees mm-hmm. with pop color borders so what i can say is that you could you could be standing 1 kilometer mm-hmm. away and you would still recognize it you know mm-hmm. that was her signature style um Uh, many designers who have a particular signature style sabya sachi right. mukherjee he has a huge so these are people who have signature styles who are you know who who are catering to a market the market is has responded well to their mm-hmm. designs and now they're making their money um what mm-hmm. i do is customize designing in my line of work uh, why i enjoy what i do so much mm-hmm. is because it allows me to meet people i sort of do an right. interview with them myself right because i need to understand their their requirement what they need to wear it for what colors they want yeah. to wear what their personality is and based on their complexion i have to recommend colors to mm-hmm. them i have to figure out their likes and dislikes um the fabric they like whether mm-hmm. they like sturdy structured clothing or if they mm-hmm. like frilly clothing you know that right. involves building a relationship so it's not just one or two outfits mm-hmm. that i make for them and then i forget about them mm-hmm. it's an ongoing relationship every two they give me a call and then they want something something custom made for somebody's upcoming wedding um or they have a conference to go to and they want a business suit or they just want uh, you know they they want to just revamp their wardrobe and then they set a budget sometimes they set a budget of mm-hmm. say 50000 over 3 months so you know they start working on designs and fabrics and um you know any embroideries all of it is sort of you know we put a timeline and we put a create a project and then we start working on it and i do this parallelly for around seven fixed clients and then mm. there are about 10 or 15 variables ones who come in a while and keep going wow. in or people who refer this is the and and with you sai of course we yeah. uh, designed the entire ladies wear yeah. for uh, edm.com back then so for me i think I have always been a people person. The reason I couldn't survive in IT was because I realized I did not enjoy sitting in front of a computer. Mm-hmm. I needed to be out there talking to people. And uh, for me, I uh, I think I'm I it comes to me naturally to understand a person's taste. I just have to look at them and um I st- sometimes pull mm-hmm. out images from Pinterest and I show it to them and right. Usually I am able to hit the mark. So that means it's you know I'm able that mindfulness mm-hmm. that insight is good for me. So probably spending all that time mm-hmm. with my mom and her socializing uh, group a little bit of an understanding of how different people dressed in their individual styles i pick up on those traits and i think mm-hmm. that's the reason why i get called and uh, there are quite a few men's you know men client also a lot of lot of men's by clients also that i have 
um it's it's fun i get to experiment with a few of them i get to even my fiance for that matter i make a lot of colorful mm-hmm. shirts for him because he can pull it off but then i can't <laughs> do that with the rest of my time yeah so you got to figure out what it is that you want to do are you a people person and you want to build a relationship or help them identify their own personal style and then make clothes for them or are you the kind of person who wants to create a line of clothing and then go to multi design stores or probably hit the bigger stores abroad or you know you can create your own goal Understood. and you know plans how how has your family been supportive through this journey for you i mean because because why i have that's an interesting guys you know everybody's got uh, somebody who's actually supporting them and there's somebody who's actually saying is this okay. really the step that you want to take most of the time most of <laughs> these comments come from the same person okay <laughs> when you're doing well they'll say yeah. oh my god i'm so glad you did this when things are not going well they <laughs> told you not to get into this <laughs> how my yeah. family has been supportive you asked um so i think i've told you this guy oh, i lost okay. my parents very early which was the reason why i had to come to bangalore and uh, you know look for a job and i had to put mm-hmm. my brother through college all by myself so i lost my mum um to cancer and uh, my dad uh, he had an overnight cardiac arrest oh. he passed away in 2001 my mum passed away in 2003 and uh, from then uh, i think i was 18 and then 20 when my parents mm-hmm. like one by one when they passed away so i had this one brother and uh, I think my goal was, you know, I should somehow get a job and support him and you know, make sure that he achieves mm-hmm. whatever he wants to achieve. So he was always keen on mechanical engineering. So I ensured that he got mm-hmm. through and you know, he studied mechanical. We took a loan and initially uh, um I was uh, I think only 80% of the loan was approved by the bank so the remaining I had to uh, mm-hmm. work my ass off mm-hmm. and you know, pay off whatever bill. Um it was a very very hard struggle side. So for me there was no support even when it came to my own brother when it came to my own work we had family yes but uh, we chose mm-hmm. not to take anybody's help we wanted it to wow. be our own little success the fighting spirit uh, came mm-hmm. from there from those experiences you know it made me a very resilient person you know i could for me i don't i don't see failure where other people see failure i'll be <laughs> like okay what next can i do you know i'm just made mm-hmm. that way because of all these hardships so it's a, it's a horror story it's a, it's a, it's a sort of like mm-hmm. it's been one problem after the other but then i somehow managed to remain I'm very sure. positive and optimistic so i'm sure i'm like losing losing your parents <laughs> at such a young age and having a brother to support it it wouldn't have definitely mm-hmm. been easy for you to like you know because you've been traveling all over the world all the time uh, and suddenly you have this a huge change in your life and you would definitely wouldn't know what to mm-hmm. do so uh, who was your biggest support then or was it yourself did you carry yourself um so um i ensured like i don't know I, there there's this weird sense of mm-hmm. pride that my parents put in me uh, against asking for help so i think i did everything on my own and i think within me i think i was 21 and 20 Uh, when i moved to bangalore and wow. i just want to prove a point to everyone so that that it it is a, mm-hmm. it came from place of ego you know uh, nothing can beat me down you wait and see i want mm-hmm. to show everyone what i'm going to become it was that it was an egoistic thing but having said that um um today i know that i you know if not for that i would not have i would have given into my emotions i would have been a mess i would not have been able to perform i could have gone down in wow. depression and you know wasted my life i could have done that also so i'm just 
i'm happy that i didn't you know maybe i was i should be thankful that my ego was high enough to push mm-hmm. me enough to you know work hard and overcome all those struggles we never took a penny from anyone i'm so proud to say this back then so, so you've been like a warrior been, even before yeah. you started doing your own thing even before you started working i mean my my parents when they were sick that's when my mm-hmm. actual problem started sai so i was very very young when they fell ill one after one after the mm-hmm. other they had health issues so my struggle started way back in my teenage itself so even to this day that's the only language i understand i just work hard and i work hard and i work hard mm-hmm. that's that makes most sense to me there's no that's, other that's amazing you know because mm-hmm. uh it's easy to say i understand how you feel or anything because nobody has ever been in your shoes who's gone through all these things and still has come on top and still is doing what they want to do and doing it so successfully so you know i want to say uh congratulations first of all because that 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 that, that is thank you thank yeah, you so that, much that is a really big right? like over the over the time yeah yeah so so you said you, you have uh, you have a fiance so when are you going to marry um we have an only one step at a time sai <laughs> i got engaged to be honest when i met him i told him straight away that i didn't really uh-huh. believe in the institution of marriage and i think this was the view i yeah. shared with you as well long time ago i did not understand the system of ha- yeah. having to marry on paper and prove government and prove to society somehow it didn't make sense to me and especially because of the fact that i did not seek anybody's mm-hmm. support i became my own person um so I understand the need to have to go through mm-hmm. um you know all of that however last year i was on my solo travel streak and i mm-hmm. had gone to the himalayas and come back um and there was this beautiful uh, music mm-hmm. festival called malnad calling so i went to the music festival by myself expecting to meet mm-hmm. musicians and you know just just openly mm-hmm. just go out there and meet people and To be honest the first day I was just overwhelmed by the kind of male attention I got that I actually <laughs> didn't step out of my tent I just did not I I was like okay this this you know it just feels really weird right now so I just came out mm-hmm. in time for the gigs and I was just in the corner mm-hmm. enjoying the music and there's this guy who suddenly comes out of nowhere and he starts spinning fire wow. the fire boy mm-hmm. as they call it and I was so mesmerized by the whole thing and I I mean I just looked at him and mm-hmm. I was like wow this guy is talented and uh, the following day uh, there were hula hoop workshops and uh, um mm-hmm. there was also a slack lining workshop the mm-hmm. uh, I was in the dormitory that night I had to spend at the dormitory and um it was like a community sleeping area and from the dormitory window I could see uh, you know through the window mm-hmm. I could see this guy slack lining and I wait i saw him uh, you know spending fire yesterday and mm-hmm. he is uh, slacklining today <laughs> wow this guy is really talented and, uh, in the evening i went and said hi to him because i right. had to uh, you know find out who this guy was and uh, i said hi i saw you uh, slacklining mm-hmm. nice and i saw you spinning yesterday and uh, we started talking and then i said uh, he had the tattoo oh. of the wow. 12 apostles from okay. the bible on his right arm and on his forearm and i said nice tattoo and he said oh mm. it took me 3 days to do this and my jaw dropped i said you did your own tattoo and he said yes and i have to tell you like everybody's mm-hmm. faces that last supper 
Jesus is last supper everybody's faces were clear on that tattoo wow it was that neatly done and i just my jaw dropped because that's when i understood this guy is he can he's so talented he can literally try anything and be good at it and um, i said you know you're an interesting guy and you know mm-hmm. uh, he made me add him on instagram and uh, after that mm-hmm. we said bye and we came back to the city um after we came and we settled down um he reached out and said hey you want to hang and i think mm-hmm. we hung up hung out a couple of times and okay. thought that i think we knew i think we knew we wanted to be more than friends and uh, eight months later yeah he put the ring on me <laughs> congratulations once again yeah wow so that's such a really nice story you know because the last time when we spoke um i think uh, when we had th- that was a great thing about us you know we we used to never keep it completely business we used to always share thoughts uh, uh, you know arpita you know arpita true well. true true it's like you met you met her and, and all these things yes. so you are you are you are like the instagram <laughs> perfect relationship isn't it <laughs> oh i mean millennial perfect you know picture perfect oh, millennial you so couple much. you guys thanks a lot <laughs> and it, it was actually like you know it um yeah when we when we came and met you and we tried on clothes and you know when you and i used to have a uh, conversation correct, correct. about this and when you opened up and when you told me so many things like whatever that we've spoken in the interview we've already actually spoken about it and you know i was still correct. so mesmerized because back then i was 24 correct. 25 at that time i was like wow do people really go yes. through so much in life because for me difficulty was passing my exam but at 21 okay. and 22 when you go through so much <laughs> um and i was really mesmerized at that time because you know it was very new to me first of all the entrepreneurship uh, journey was very new and i think this journey that i feel everybody should take because forget about your product forget about your service forget about what you offer because of the people that you meet um because you're so vulnerable at yeah. that point of time that you will actually uh, start talking and start sharing with people because you expect them to understand what you are doing right and i yes. think that's when you've gone through all yes. of that and now 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 you can say that it's it's nice um nice business that you're go- going on for yourself personally as well as this thing so we can say that uh, your story for the last 10 12 years or 15 years has been really strong and it's it's all about you fighting am i right very true it's actually exhausting it's tiring sometimes i look up and i say <laughs> just give me a break <laughs> you know but uh, having said that i've become the person that i've become wow. only because of so this this is why i wanted to ask you this whoever is listening to this uh, episode right now okay. might be going through something very similar not through their entrepreneur journey or through family or personal problems what advice or uh, what do you think that they should do at this stage because like you said you know give me a break why mm-hmm. why me why me is the biggest question that comes up right because yeah. you've been through this and i'm not asking you like a psychologist or somebody <laughs> yeah. who will solve psychological problems i'm asking you as a person who's been through it or still going through it how how do you fight okay. it so one thing is that i've I think I um, I don't go into that victim mentality generally. I I don't like it. I don't do it myself. Neither do I allow my loved ones to do it. If any of my people around me try to get into that why me or why you know that victim mentality, I usually give them one solid kick and say, "You see that guy without a leg? Mm. Why are you not saying why not me? You know, there's something going mm. for you. You have to appreciate that. 
so for me when things start to go wrong i'm a problem solver i always think about what can i do to solve this what can i do to get out of this is anybody going to die then it's not important enough you know if if i haven't made a clo- made an outfit in time mm-hmm. for somebody's party i can always bail out and say hey you know what uh, why don't you buy an outfit this time and i'm just giving you your money back mm-hmm. they're not going to mm-hmm. die because i didn't deliver it right you need to think about it is it a life and death question if it's not it's okay if you if your uh, software is not updated on the day that you have uh, agreed to launch it it's an embarrassment yes but nobody's going to die so the thing you got to do is say i need a break take a deep breath go uh, you know go for a nice break clear your head come back mm. and then the answers will come i'm not a big i'm i mean there are there are friends of mine who yeah. practice things called affirmations basically the positive things mm-hmm. that you keep telling yourself in order to you know motivate mm-hmm. your own brain in order to perform um i don't really do positive uh, affirmations because i think my brain is a little mm-hmm. too complicated it'll tell me out and say yeah yeah the last time also you expected the same mm-hmm. thing it didn't happen it's not going to happen this time you know that plays mm-hmm. it out and then it answers back to me so what i do is now this is just between you and me i literally okay. nobody else on the planet knows this um i come up with something called as okay. uh, switch words uh switch words are words sometimes i just keep saying a random word um which invokes okay. a positive response in me for example i'll give you an example what which is your favorite mm-hmm. like let's say you like chocolate right yes so you like chocolate you like chocolate so if things are not going right you just have to say chocolate 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 you will find that your oh. mood will lift itself up <laughs> it's called switch words so sometimes i say apple pie or blueberry ice cream or strawberry cheesecake or you know some some stuff like that when and when things are going wrong mm-hmm. i actually start saying things like that uh you know sticky mango pudding or you know sticky rice mango pudding or thai curry you know i, I just say something sometimes it's food sometimes it's uh, music um sometimes it's uh Uh, an experience you know something which makes a positive uh, you know it it breaks it, it either it makes you happy or it brings mm. up a positive memory and this is something that i use and it just messes with your brain because your brain does not know what to make of the word except that your subconscious is creating a positive wow. response in your brain this i find works yeah <laughs> but then this is just between you and me i have told this to one friend of mine and i've been laughed oh, at absolutely. <laughs> I'm not embarrassed about it and if it will help Absolutely. people. Absolutely. Did you did you uh, invent <laughs> this? Um so they there is this uh, I think the idea came to me because people say that uh, a lot of people chant mantras even though mantras don't make sense to you but it makes you feel better and it actually calms you down and it, it even sometimes mm-hmm. helps you with your problem. So the idea came from that that you don't know what you're chanting when you chant a mantra but then somehow people some people seem to be getting a positive outcome out of it. so maybe that's all i need to do so some instead of chanting mantras mm-hmm. which i anyway don't understand um i just have to say one or two words and if it makes me happy and makes me smile then i think now i suddenly have renewed energy to go and tackle that whatever is, i need that, to tackle mm-hmm. <clears throat> i also have really habit of uh, looking at myself in the mirror in the morning i start my day i look at the mirror and i mm-hmm. say you are awesome you know mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just it just sets the mood for me So these are just small things that you can do to trick your brain. If your brain is trying to wow. outsmart you, you outsmart it back. But when you do mm-hmm. these, so these are very small techniques, but small changes right. with huge outcomes. 
I have gotten out of really, really, really crazy situations just by wow. just by doing these wow. things. Uh, actually, you know this affirmations thing. Yeah. I just started doing this, like say uh, two to three weeks back, um, because when I'm going to be turning thirty next year in February, I'm excited. Actually, you know, <laughs> very honestly, I'm very excited about it. Um, I'll tell you Good. why. Because um, I decided that I want to take much better care of my body. and my mind wow. um, and when i was good, good. researching about this and when i was talking to people about it um i've recently started this human to do list that people should do on a daily basis and okay. yeah and um, someone came yeah. to me and told yeah. me about affirmations i had no clue about it and then when i researched on it and i okay. started doing this every day mm-hmm. i even though i don't ask mm-hmm. for incredible things to happen all i say is I'm grateful mm-hmm. for whoever is there in my life. I'm mm-hmm. a talented and a skillful person. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use that to make the best out of my day. Yes. I'm not going to get irritated. I'm not going to lose my temper. Mm. I'm going to finish what I've started. So few things that I say that becomes like the overall mantra for me. And you know, I and the, I don't know Wonderful. if it's magical or anything or if it's psychological that I've said this and this is how I've started my day. and that is why my brain is working mm-hmm. towards that goal but mm-hmm. it works but i like your mix so much better yes. because i can keep on chanting biryani 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 <laughs> and when it's going exactly right? so it's going to that's amazing thank you yes. so much that that's actually really good I, that's that's my favorite part of the no podcast problem. other than you know you know before we end the podcast right <laughs> um i have uh, this human to do mm-hmm. list that people uh, that any human uh, okay. could do should do basic things mm-hmm. on a day to day basis mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. what would you like to add okay. on the list okay personally so i am a huge um, fan of something that i like mm-hmm. to call inner work um inner work is nothing but uh, you spend at least 10 minutes first mm-hmm. thing in the morning as soon as you get up Uh, I say at least ten minutes. My rituals for my own uh, self go on okay. for about an hour. Um, so I believe every person should spend at least ten minutes on themselves on something called inner work. Inner work mm-hmm. broadly, I'll just put it out there, is uh, number one reflection. Think about your previous mm-hmm. day or previous week, and uh, observe what you did. Um, mm-hmm. Then is introspection. introspection is you where you figure out maybe i have made these errors what are the what are the things i could have done to make it you know to not repeat those mistakes mm-hmm. or to to have done it better and then uh, you know you uh, plan the next you plan your current day and say okay i have x x number of things to do what can i make sure i don't do today so that i don't repeat mm-hmm. the mistakes of yesterday that is one that is in, you know in, you set your intention so first is your uh, reflection then is your introspection and then mm-hmm. is your uh, intention so i usually start my day with this uh, followed for me this is as good as praying as good as meditating because you're just listening to your you're turning it's like mm-hmm. you're turning around and looking at yourself and evaluating so i call it inner work because it mean it means mm-hmm. i'm ready to get in touch with myself So for me when I think about mm. these things I am not just thinking work I'm also thinking about the relationships that I invest in um work yes also there are other goals that every person should have which is like learning new skills um addressing your uh, mental health 
i i still mm-hmm. go to a counselor occasionally um i also go to i i also um you know i am a believer of spirituality so i also have healers i also like to learn mm-hmm. i follow the moon cycle i like to work with uh, uh, meditations and stuff so i ensure that i'm learning something new so basically everybody mm-hmm. i feel should do this inner work if you address yourself if you listen to yourself every day i feel your inner voice will start speaking to you it will also guide you and it will also ensure you don't wow. fall into any harm that's i feel amazing that. that's that's really good that's that's a great yes. thing so that's that goes yes. on the human to do list of inner work so thank you so much so um <laughs> inner uh, work well before no. we end this i would like my listeners to know how they can reach you so they can look up my name on uh, instagram mm-hmm. or uh, facebook i'm open to meeting people mm-hmm. if they are, if they're genuine if they're mm-hmm. looking for a genuine connection i'm here um <laughs> if they try any uh, <laughs> anything else i am yeah. well trained in life to deal with that also um i i i, I want i want people to uh, <laughs> listen to this and uh, i want someone to get in touch with you and actually get something done from you Okay, so I'll share your True. links and I'll share your email address so people who want to get in touch with you, and uh, if they want to order mm-hmm. something with you, if they want to, uh, you know, have a custom-made apparel, they sure, can get sure, in touch sure. with you. And uh, you do do both for men ah, and absolutely. women, right? For men and women, my starting, uh, like my prices start at uh, like including fabric and stitching. Like mm. I start at two thousand five hundred. Quite often, people have this misconception that designer clothing mm. are extremely expensive. so no you can have a pure silk uh, fitted uh, or you know structured and tailored to your style and to your you know mm-hmm. to the color and fitting and everything and it will only be 2500 wow. it starts over there and i only use uh, pure fabrics i don't use polyester i don't use uh, um i don't use um, mm. any uh, synthetic fibers i try and avoid it as much as possible i believe the skin your body has yeah. to breathe through the clothing that you wear and uh, i i mean plus you know cotton and silk are uh, scientifically proven that it can uh, heal you it can heal infections like if you have a cut mm-hmm. on your skin but if you wear silk over it the heal actually uh, wow. it actually heals faster okay. the wound yeah so so we only stick to natural fabrics because there is there are some properties that the fabric has there was a reason why mm. uh, early man used those fabrics you know why they made clothing out mm. of fur or out of cotton of course today there's animal cruelty everything involved and it's gone mm-hmm. to a commercial level that's not right but when it came to survival Absolutely. we had reasons I for doing what we did that's amazing to know so yeah. i think so i think that's really good that. Uh, that you're doing this i'm sure people who are listening to this sure. episode are really comfortable now that they can get in touch with you and they can get something ordered because now that you've put it out there that uh, designer way shouldn't have to be uh, expensive i'm sure people are going to get really really excited mm-hmm. so i'm happy thank you so much and uh, yeah to the people who are listening i no can problem. vouch for greshma's work cuz i have worked with her i have uh, dealt with her she's uh, you probably are the sweetest designer that i've ever come across because everybody else i, I don't want to say they are uh, <laughs> they they all are there in their own world and uh, sometimes it's difficult to understand another designer if you are a layman but uh, i just want to say that you made it really easy for me uh, i think yeah i think i think it was That's very so uh, it was a good journey so i hope people do get in touch with you after listening to this but you know i want people to take away from this epi- um, i want people to take away your fight uh, 
your warrior attitude from this episode and <laughs> uh, you know I'm, i'm sure this is going to inspire so many more people who are in the same boat and and thank you so much <laughs> i so it yeah thank you so much for thank yeah, you too. thank you so much for being thank on the podcast and i hope we can do one more very soon yeah I this, hope was so so, this was fun so this was fun thank you mm-hmm. thank you grishma so i will be uh, releasing this tomorrow thank and you, uh, you can check so let me know how it is done thank you. looking forward Bye. Take care. Thank Bye. you too. Take care. Good night. Bye. Inspiring, wasn't it? People like Greshma are not born with the warrior mentality. They build it themselves to fight the hardships and the failures that they face. Thank you so much Greshma for sharing your inspiring story with us and I wish you all the very best. So humans, if you know anyone who could benefit from listening to this episode, please do share this episode with them. That's the entire purpose of this podcast. I want to share inspiring stories of extraordinary individuals to as many people as I can through this podcast and with your help we can do that. If you like this episode, if you think this episode had an impact on you, please take a screenshot and put it up on Instagram story, tag me Sai Sandesh Markam and also tag Greshma. Her handle is simply Gresh. S I M P L Y G R E S and let us know how you liked it and if you have any feedback for me please do directly message me on instagram or send me a tweet or you can even mail me at saisandeshmarkam@icloud.com and i take every suggestion every feedback very very seriously so that's about it I will see you on Monday morning. My name is Sai Sandesh Markham and I'll talk to you on the next one. Bye. Woo!